0: need to start tonight with a couple of rather lengthy, um, I guess you'd call these announcements. um, Let me see what we can call them. But uh, first of all, um, does everyone realize what these books are, that they're available, that they're available to you? You're welcome to have one. In fact, I think I said, I didn't say this last Wednesday night, but I did say it Sunday morning. Um, We've, we've, the churches had an, uh, a shot at them and um, th- through both of the services, so if you want uh, more of these, they're here for you. Um, it would delight us greatly to see you use them and to hand them out, um, and that all 1,000 of them would be handed out. So um, come get what you think you can use to give uh, to your folks, your friends in the neighborhood. Does anybody have any question about what this book, what the design, what our hope is uh, by offering you this book free? Anybody want to ask any questions about this? You understand what we are hoping to do. Good. Does anybody, uh, I, I was asked at supper tonight, of course, um, every place you turn right now, the uh, the discussion is over the movie. And, um Wondered if anybody would like to ask a question about it. I'll I'll do my best to uh, to address that. Anyone? Have you seen it? <laughs> no, I have not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess the answer is yes, um, and and I hope you don't misunderstand. I want to encourage you to go. I hope you will go. I. I I think we all need to pray that God will join his spirit to this movie, um, that it might it might produce rich fruit of revival in our country. I think we should be excited that this kind of thing is available. So my reluctance, I hope you understand, is just a purely personal thing. I, I'm just not real comfortable um, in and around gore. So. But I hope you go, but I, I, I've kind of come to the conclusion that I probably will have to go because just to answer your questions, um, you do know that there are some artistic there is some artistic license taken in the movie. There are some things that are not true to the New Testament. Uh, I think they are minimal, um, at least that's what Franklin Graham said, and. Um, I've had several people who have already seen it today um, make those same observations, that it's basically uh, true to the New Testament. And if you uh, have questions about whether it's in there or not, wouldn't it be a great thing if the movie drove you to read the gospel? So wouldn't that be a good thing? I mean, I'm mean, i not trying to be, uh, I'm just saying, wouldn't it, if nothing else, the, the people of God go read the New Testament and read about all the events. <clears throat> One of the things that you need to do is, is, it's called harmonizing the New Testament. And you've got four accounts, and you're going to have to add them all together to get the whole picture. And there are such things that are available to you for purchase. In terms of it'll, it'll um, detail it sequentially and um, um, as it unfolds in the entirety of the New Testament. Because none of the Gospels give you the whole story. <clears throat> Pardon me. Any, anything else you want to ask? Okay, well, let me let me tell you about my next uh, um, free offer. <laughs> we just, uh, we, we, we got all kinds of free things to give away. Guys, um, <clears throat> this will be my last Wednesday night with you for the next five. I will miss the next five Wednesday nights. Um, as you know, a week from tonight, Susie and I will be in a, right about this time. Actually, we'll be taking off about this time, 7.20 is when the plane leaves, and we're going to Hungary um, that's a little bit misleading because we will fly into Hungary, but we'll be in the Czech Republic, we'll be in Slovakia, we'll be in Austria, we'll be in Ukraine, and um, seems like there was one more. <clears throat> so um, there have been several things that have been added to the schedule via Ronnie, um, Ronnie Stevens. Uh, for those of you who don't know that name, and uh, so it's really kind of um, it just really looks delightfully fun. If, if, you, um, <clears throat> if you wonder what is, what is enticing about that kind of experience, let me just give you one um, insight, um, at least that's true for me. You know, folks, um, there is all kind of uh, cultural um, taboos and um, uh, cultural sensitivities that we try to demonstrate in dealing with people in the united states and out there and then there's laws even um that prohibit us from doing this or that or the other you know we can't even put a sign in our in our front yard because of zoning laws and we can't drape a banner over our own sign out there uh, because of um, you know the, 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 the we'll get a ticket from the zoning enforcement we've, we've had that happen well, the, the, you know, it just gets old, you know. But you go over to Hungary, and those people lived under communism for 20, or 35 years. And they're just, you got a little truth you want to tell us? Well, we're right here to listen. Come on. <laughs> I'm not saying that they're going to buy into it, but they are eager to listen to anybody who has a truth claim. And that is exhilarating. Every pastor, I think that's worth his salt... Um, wants to be close to something like that and to see and and to just to watch people engage and lock in and, and um, you ought to sit with some of these Ukrainians who you know the whole I mean just everything is new. It's just it's just it's just refreshing. So you know that's one of the things that I, I so enjoy. Now about all that to say this. Let me tell you what we're going to do. Let me, let me tell you what I wish you would do. Now, it, this, of course, uh, uh, there is no obligation to do it. Um, you, don't have to, you don't have to do a thing. But, uh, um, guys, we're in, to a, in the midst of a culture change here at Gracie Van. I think you've heard me say that. Uh, Grace Venture is the title that we have given to something that we hope will bring about culture change. Uh, at the end of that culture change, what we're hoping is that we as a congregation would be focused on the accomplishment of the Great Commission. That we as a, as a, as a body would be, but you as individuals would be as well. And that's going to be interpreted in your life in, in 1,700 different ways. That is, your fixation, your concentration on the um, accomplishment of the Great Commission is going to look different from person to person. And that is exhilarating to me. That is exciting, guys. Um, I think. I mean, I've gone to a great extent, and I think you've gotten it. I really think you've, uh, because I think there was a, 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 a the wonder about um, uh, what is this Grace Venture thing? Is this just about writing checks? Is this just about another fundraiser? And I, I don't think you've seen that. And uh, and and very frankly, on purpose, because we didn't want you to draw that conclusion. This this was about check writing, for some. It is about check writing. And for some of you, it ought to be about check writing. And for others of you, you need to learn to write about check writing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But guys, another thing that we are so concerned about is that people discover their place in kingdom building. Their place on the wall, you remember what we used to say? That, um, that you discover your spiritual gifts and employ them in kingdom building. That is as much of what Grace Venture is about than any check that ever gets written over the course of this, of this year. But guys, you've got to understand that where we live, we've got a lot of work to do when it comes to our material possessions. I make no apologies for that. We've got a lot of things to sort out. Concerning our relationship to things and materialism and self-centeredness and money and we got a lot of stuff to to work out, really we do. Um, I'm not sure that any of us, including your dear, much beloved pastor, uh, knows much about sacrificial giving. So yes, I do challenge you to write a check. I do challenge you to write an extra check, another check. You know, strangle some of the flesh and write a check. Yeah. Do it. Come on. I'd I'd, I'd, I'd entreat you. Um, That ought to be a part of it. Yeah. But another part of it is we want to unfreeze a lot of assets. People who have... Gifts given to them by Jesus Christ himself that have been, are, and perhaps forever will remain unused. That, ladies and gentlemen, oh, how exciting it would be to see that happen at Gracie Van. That every one of you figure out how God has gifted you and to begin to use that uh, in his service, guys. Just a, autobi- uh, um, a biographical, an autobiographical note. When I was working for Procter and Gamble, um, it, you know, I was selling cake mix and um, and uh, working my way towards promotion. I hoped. I think most of you know that I was promoted five days before I resigned. I was um, um, I was promoted on January the 25th, and I, re- I resigned on February the 1st, and. Um, uh, that's kind of a sordid story in that um, they came to me and they asked me, because they knew that I was kind of getting really religious. And um, I think some of you know this story, but my boss asked me, he said, we we're ready to promote you, but we've got to know that you're not going to head off to seminary. And I said, oh, no, not me. <laughs> that, ladies and gentlemen, is called a lie, a big old boldface prevaricated Lie, and before the the day was out, I had to call my boss and say, "I'm sorry, I lied to you. I am going to seminary." And anyway, but that was, but but the, but the point is, one of the turning points, and I and I'm not, this is not an, an advertisement for everybody to head off to seminary into the ministry, but one of the turning points was a night that I visited a home. Of a, of a young woman by the name of Debbie Kennedy. She was with her, she was 20 years old. She lived with her mother and daddy. Her mother and daddy were there. I had two people with me. It was all in the up and up. And um, um, Debbie Kennedy prayed to receive Christ that night with me and my two little trainees in my in the evangelism program. And I remember walking out into the um, the driveway, and uh, you know part of the training was. Don't anybody talk in the driveway. Wait until you get in the car and you back out and you get in the street. Then you can talk. Because, you know, they may be listening in there, you know. Well, so we, you know, very silently got in the car, just cranked the motor, and we backed and, out. Um, and I remember saying to those two people who were my trainees, saying, that was the most exhilarating thing that I've ever been a part of. And if God can use me here, I would love to think that he could use me for a lifetime. Now, all of that to say this, there is nothing. There is nothing more exhilarating than discovering how it is that God can use you for an eternity. And part of that process is the discovery of your spiritual gifts. And we say that a lot around here, and we, uh, you know, we get a little bit of, you know, you know, here and there. And, but all I have to say, <clears throat> at the center of Grace Venture is unleashing a church on the world. Guys, when I get back, uh, I don't want to commit myself, but I think uh, um, after Easter, you know, well, I'll get back on Palm Sunday and then Easter. After Easter, um, I want to go back to the book of Acts and study ministry because, guys, here's my, here's my concern, that we have some very developed heads and hearts, but some underdeveloped feet. And hands, and here's what I'm hoping we can do. Okay, I wrote this, so all the blame is mine. If you think that pompous jackass, I can't stand him. That then, not, you, you, there's only one person you can blame. It's just me. I wrote this is the March of Discovery. March, January, February, March. Did you get that? And um, it's 31 days of a devotional. It's kind of like, you know, a little devotional guide like the upper room or the family altar that you use, you know. Well, I want you to either either in addition or if you've never used this thing, uh, used a, a daily devotion, I, w- I want you to take one of these. They're free. And um, there's 31 days of a devotion. And the subject of the entire 31 days is... Discovery of spiritual gifts. How about that? And, um, you know, you get past the first seven, eight days or so, and then, then it starts defining the gifts for you and, and, and pointing out some ways that you might be using them and on and on and on. And, um, so, um, and at the bottom, there's this little, it's kind of a, um, I, I, I can't even see it. Um, but it, it, like at the bottom it says, um, <clears throat> um, okay, um, after you've read on March the 16th, on a Tuesday, um, I, I, I suggest how to pray in response to what you've read. And then under that I say, pray for us. We're in Brno, Czech Republic, meeting with the leaders of a national ministry. I will teach on a university campus tonight. Pray for us and them. And then it's, it's got a little text down here, uh, just like in the family, the altar, upper room things. So it signs you a text at the bottom, John 10. You read John 10. You read this thing. It tells you something you might, uh, a suggested prayer, and then it kind of tells you where we are so that, so that I'll have my job waiting on me when I get back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I, I want to stay near and dear to your hearts. Um, so, but it, it'll, it'll let you know what we're up to, what's going on, and, and it's, it's, um, it's an effort. First of all, ladies and gentlemen, if you get nothing out of all of this brilliance on my part concerning uh, spiritual gifts, wh- how unifying it would be as a congregation if we were all doing this together. For a month, we're all doing this together. Wouldn't that be neat? I mean, I think it would be really neat. And so what, I'm, what I've sought to do is gather you up into this whole thing that's going on for this month of March. And at the same time, make, design something that would help us in this culture shift that we're trying to make here at Gracie Van. Uh, again, let me, let me tell you that we're convinced that the culture change is going to take years. Oh, by the way. On Wednesday nights, of course, I won't be here. Let me tell you what we're doing. This is neat, too, I think. Um, In the Compass class that some of you have been to, um, uh, Richard and Cindy has this little section on spiritual gifts. So next Wednesday night, Richard is going to kick it off. The next three Wednesday nights, Cindy Cole will be speaking to you about spiritual gifts. And then the last, uh, the fifth Wednesday, Richard will wrap things up. All on the same subject. On same, this is the subject. They'll uh, maintain the subject because hopefully, guys, uh, we will it, we'll find we'll find it unifying to us. And we might some of us might even find spiritual gifts that that we have wondered about. And um, then on occasion, there are recommendations as to how someone with that gift might be able to use it. So that's what this is about. It is a march to discovery. A month spent in discovery of our spiritual gifts. Now, I would love for you to take these. You, you, I mean, you can have as many as you want. Uh, we can make more. I mean, Gail you know, Mayat is hating me right about now, but um, uh, they're printed in-house. They didn't cost as much anything. Um, we want you to take one and, and, and hopefully, then when I get back, you can say, Is that the best you can do? (laughs) But it'll it'll still um, have some kind of unifying impact, I hope. Okay, got any questions about that? Got any questions about, um, I mean, Susie, this, this boggles my mind, but last night talked to a regular attender of this church Whose name I shall not mention, but she was here on Sunday. She was here the previous Sunday and the Sunday before that, and and she did not know that I was about that we were about to head to Hungary. I don't get it. I don't know what what else I have to do. I'll I'll make a movie. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't think it would get as much uh, uh, publicity as. Any questions? You know what the March of Discovery is? I hope you'll take one. I hope you'll do it, and, and then we'll be passing them out Sunday, too. And then it'll all start Monday. If you start reading early, may the fleas of a thousand camels nest in your armpits. Uh, but you can start anytime you want to. But just give you a, a, uh, an opportunity to uh, give us an opportunity to, to make another contribution towards establishing a, a culture here at Gracie Man where we are doing kingdom work. All of us, all of us, all of us, all of us. Did I say all of us? I mean, guys, um, that's what we're trying to do is to unfreeze a bunch of assets that I, you know, everything that we need to get a, get the job done, God provided it. It's already in, it's already here. Everything we need. We don't ever have to go outside. I mean, we we may uh, like if we need staff, it's right out there somewhere. That's not to say that we won't hire an outside, but I'm just saying everything we need is mm-hmm. right here, right in the body of Christ at Grace Man. And by the way, everything that Germantown Baptist needs is right down there too. Uh, you know, God has put it in His place, and and we can. It, it would just it would just be incredible, I think, if we can make some strides in and uh, unleashing some of you wildlings and um, and letting you taste. You know, guys, it, um, I need to go. Gosh, I really need to go. But, uh, you know, y'all, y'all go on mission trips. And you come back, and you're just all pumped up, and you're all just... <laughs> and, you know, it's wonderful. It really is. But you don't have to go to Guatemala to do that. I promise you, you don't. You can go down to... Um, um, um what's the name of that place <laughs> Binghamton you can go down to Binghamton you, you know there's and you you walk away from there with the same sense of oh my goodness i never dream-. you know i'm sorry y'all but did you know that our kids uh, the junior high kids are knocking on doors on monday nights did y'all know that junior high kids are going out on monday nights knocking on doors uh trying to engage them in some kind of um conversation about the lord but it's, it's it stopped short, and it's by design that it stopped short. It's kind of a pre-evangelism kind of thing. The first Monday night, they visited 200 homes. Can you imagine that? But here's what's coming out of that. These kids are coming back and saying, I didn't know those people were out there like that. I didn't know people believed like that. And they're just lit up with a sense of, whoa. That can happen in Binghamton, folks. It can happen in Guatemala too. I'm, I'm not trying to undercut Guatemala, but I, I, I just want you to taste that—the the, the realization that, that that God has granted you things that He not only desires but expects you to use. And uh, that would be a great part of the culture shift. All right, enough said. Let's go to Romans chapter seven. <clears throat> Verse twelve, Romans seven, verse twelve. Therefore, the law is holy, and the commandment of the commandment holy, and just, and good. Guys, um, you already know this, but um, the word "therefore" is like a red flag. Uh, it, uh, it 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 points out that what you have is application of an argument. Um, what Paul is doing is summing up. He's giving us a conclusion of an, of an argument that he has been framing, that he has been delivering over, uh, you know, just a paragraph here. But I hope you'll recall that the, um, the thing that he was trying to show you or correct in the, in, the, in the thinking of his readers is this idea contained in verse 7, is the law sin? No, 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 no. Here's why. Therefore, that's what you have in verse 12. It is the conclusion, it's the summation of his argument. By the way, he is going to take this thing off into another direction. It's still going to be about the law, but he's going to. we'll start that in verse um, 13. But he is summing up this portion of his argument, simply trying to demonstrate that the law is not sin. He does not want anybody coming to the conclusion because... Uh, That the law is sinful So um, he says Therefore based on the arguments that I just gave you Up in verse 7-8 Of course he didn't say it wasn't broken up into verses But based on the argument that you've just heard from me Therefore The law is holy And the commandment holy and just and good In light of all that I've been saying The law is holy, just and good it's not bad. It's not simple, It's just oh contraire. No, no, no. Um, based on what you just heard me define, based on what you've just the arguments you just heard me set forth, I'm telling you that in, in contrast to your suggestion that it is sinful, it is anything but it is holy, just, and good. Now guys, I, I notice in the verse that he uses two words. He uses the word law and the commandment. I want to suggest to you, I, um, I, I'm, I'm fairly safe in this suggestion, but the, the word commandment is probably a reference to the 10th commandment, because you know he did mention that in verse 7. He mentioned one of the 10 commandments, uh, that thou shalt not covet. Um, so he is saying the law is holy, and the commandment holy and just and good. And So the law that he's talking about here is, of course, the whole 10 commandments, but the, the word commandment is simply a reference to one of them. Now, guys, I, I want to do this real quick, uh, because I... I think you've already seen this done someplace before, but if you've not, uh, this, you need to understand some things. Now, what, the distinction that I'm about to put on this board is not found in your Bibles. This is done by systematicians to help you think through the law. What law is Paul saying is holy, just, and good? Um, for the sake of argument, for the sake of debate, for the sake of understanding, law has been broken up into three kinds Old Testament law has been broken up into three kinds. There is moral law, there is civil law, and there is ceremonial law. Now, give me an example of civil law in the Old Testament. No! No, that is not a, i I'm so glad Andy comes. Uh, <laughs> Thou shalt not kill is not an example of civil law. What is that example of? Moral, Moral law. Nobody else is going to say that. <laughs> I know, Andy. <laughs> Andy is secure <laughs> in his idiocy. Uh, but uh, <laughs> what is an example of civil law? Painting. Say, what's that? Painting. Um... There, that was that was I, um, taxes there was some taxes they were pretty much that could be ceremonial because they were temple taxes, but guys, uh, if a child rebelled against his parents, what were they told to do in the Old testament? Stone him that 's a piece of civil law if a, um, if a person was found uh, in the act of bestiality, uh, bestiality, what were they supposed to do? Stone him. That is civil law. Now, is Paul saying, that's holy, just, and good? All right, give me an example of ceremonial law. Uh, certainly, involving the altar, all of those sacrifices, the wave offerings and the thank offerings and the uh, sacrifice offerings. You remember when Jesus was born and... Um, um, Mary and Joseph takes two turtle doves into the temple. Remember that in Luke two, Luke one, Luke one or two, Luke two, Luke two. Remember that. What was that? By the way, why did they take two doves? Because they were poor. That's the only. That was the offering of the poorest of the poor. But that was ceremonial law. Is Jesus saying? I mean, excuse me. Is Paul saying that ceremonial law is uh, uh, holy, just, and good? No. Guys, um, what happened to those? By the way, anybody anybody ever have a rebellious child? No, none of you. Did you stone him? Uh, You wanted to, but uh, (laughs) uh, what about homosexuality? Those were stoned too. Uh, Do we stone homosexuals anymore? Don't you say it. Um, no, we don't. Why? By the way, why don't you bring two turtle doves? Why don't you bring a wave offering? Why don't you bring a thank offering? Why don't you bring a, Why don't you do that? Is it holy just and good? All right, guys. Oh, gosh. I, I thought you had seen this before. But I, I, all I see is blank stares. Uh, guys, um, these two... This is why systematicians break it up into, uh, like this, so that you can see certain things. First of all, civil law has been set aside with the passing of the, um, gosh, I made a mess. Of the theocracy. Do you know what the term theocracy is? Rule by God. That is, um, uh, Israel was a theocracy. Israel's not a theocracy today, and nobody else is a theocracy, I'll guarantee you. Um, ceremonial law, it's passed into disuse. Why? Say again? What do you mean by the new covenant? That's true. Why? Jesus' says, blood has been spilled. There's no spilling. That's not supposed to be any spilling anymore. Don't wring off the neck of some bird and pour out its blood because enough blood's already been spilled. So, ceremonial law has passed into disuse. Civil law has passed into disuse. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, there is a movement afoot called Theonomy that says to you all three of these are still binding. By the way, some of the the civil, or are they ceremonial? I guess they would be ceremonial. Like dietary laws? You like shrimp? Well, it's either a ceremonial or a civil, I don't know, what, but, uh, it says that you're not supposed to eat anything that has, you know, doesn't have scales on it or something like that. Uh, I, but, but that's, uh, there are, there are those in the theonomic camp that it won't eat, won't eat shrimp. Saying that the whole law is still binding. Now, what we're suggesting is when Paul says the the law is holy, righteous, uh, holy, just, and good, he's not referring to this one, and he's not referring to that one. But he is referring to that one. By the way, I should have left those up there. What is different, but but, uh, what is is one of the obvious differences of this and these other two? Why do we think. All right, let's. Oh, you'll never get this. Uh, Why do you think this is still binding? Uh, Other than. Let me just tell you, because we ain't got much time. (laughs) Guys, one of the major differences in this and these two is that this was written in stone by the finger of God. These weren't. Which, written in stone by the finger of God, suggests what? It does. What is it? Permanence. Whereas the others weren't. That's one of the arguments against theonomy. But guys, the, the primary reason is not because they were written when, in stone by the finger of God. The primary reason is that they are a reflection of the nature and the character of God. Is God's nature and character changed? Of course not. So this law is holy, just, and good. Those other two, uh, enjoy your shrimp. I hope you will. <clears throat> guys, you can't imagine the, the fights that have been, uh, have taken place over that. Oh my. Anyway, now, so, when. Yes, sir? Did anybody say that there was a question and answer period here on Wednesday nights? <laughs> 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 well, I, I would, well, Vince is a little slow, you know. Uh, now, <laughs> right <there>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's the, what's the question again, Vince? I'm asking does it ever refer to ceremonial in that when uh, someone uses it in No. But 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 it does refer to something else. It doesn't only refer to the Ten Commandments. The term law can be used to refer to anybody got anything, guess? The Torah. Uh, the first five books. The Pentateuch. Uh, Jesus is like Jesus uses it like that in Luke twenty four. The law and the prophets. I came to fulfill the law and the prophets. So the term is used to refer to something else, but it's never used to refer to this stuff. Um, okay. Um, no, I'm decent. I'm Vince. It was fun. Uh, let, me just, let me just cover these three words and then we'll quit. But um, he makes a statement that this law, as opposed to being sinful. No, 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 it's not sinful. It's holy. And just and good. The term holy, of course, is a word that you hear a lot about. It's a word that basically, the Hebrew word was kadesh. And it meant separate or separated or distinct. That is, normally when we're using the word holy, we think of something without sin. The opposite of holy would be something that would be evil. Of course it is Holy. Because God is holy, and that Ten Commandments is nothing more than a perfect expression of His character and His will. One of the reasons that we don't kill is because God sanctifies life. The, the, the commandment is an expression of His value of life. So are the other nine. They're all an expression of who he is, and um, and 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 w- what it means to be like him. That is, doing those things reflect his character. If you want to be like God, then the law will tell us what he's like, um, and and thus we can mimic that. Of course, um, there's always the room to misunderstand that. Okay, if I mimic it, then I'll be. Then I'll be redeemed and that's what Judaism is still saying us all right So the law is holy of course it is because it's it's simply a reflection of his character. The law is also just The law makes no unfair demands on us No, man will ever stand before God and Complain as to the unreasonableness of the demands that were made upon it those are reasonable demands Very frankly, ladies and gentlemen, they are reasonable in the sense that they match your design. For instance, the thing that would benefit you the most is monogamy. That is, in terms of your whole sexual expression, because that's the way you were designed. Thou shalt not commit adultery is designed to match what you are by design. It's a reasonable demand. Um, nor are any of, the, any of the penalties that are exacted unreasonable either. What, what could be more just than that we should abstain from things that God has prohibited? What, what is unreasonable about that? No, the law is holy. The law is just. Uh, it's fair. I don't like that word because we use it a lot, and we use it um, we use it so loosely uh, because of that's not fair. Well, in whose sight? Yours or somebody else's? You know. But anyway, but I use the word. It is a just law, and then of course he says it is a good law. Um, there is no better life, ladies and gentlemen, than the one that is lived in conformity with God's law. And you see that in Jesus Christ. Um, You also see it in the Psalms. You see the the psalmist praising the law because it brings delight to his soul. It's a delight in his life. Um, Each of the Ten Commandments, ladies and gentlemen, when obeyed, promote happiness. The law is good. It's not bad. It's holy, not evil. It is just, not unfair, and and what you have, guys, is this is his conclusions. All of this, all that he says in verse, all that he said in this little paragraph, is to overturn that suggestion of verse seven. That is that the law is sinful. No, 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 no. It is not. It is holy. It is just. It is good. Let's quit. Our Father, I do pray that you will um, have mercy on us as a land. And that even now your spirit would would see fit to use this movie to bring to the attention of the masses of this country that there was one who stood in the stead of sinners. And I pray that people will not walk out simply with wet eyes, but they would walk out with a heart that has been moved to repentance and faith. But, Father, that movie's not going to do that. Your spirit, using that movie, will change men from the core of their being. And so we plead with you to do that in, in a massive way, Lord, in a, in a gloriously revivalistic way. And I pray that you'll use some of us to um, answer the questions that inevitably will arise as a result of people walking out of that movie. So, Lord, use it use it right now as it's going on. And uh, we know, O oh God, that movies don't convert, but we know that the Holy Spirit chooses what he wills to convert his people. And so we, we ask for you to do that, not because we deserve revival, O oh God, but we so desperately need it. Bring it not only to this land, but all over the world. Um, Might the the turmoil that's going on about this movie worldwide be something that will renown to your glory? But Father, um, give us wisdom as we try to relate to people who are thinking that it's anti-Semitic and that Mel Gibson's crazy and that we Christians are intolerant. And I pray, Father, that um, you will prevent that from happening and instead that you will do something gloriously eternal. Thank you for the opportunity to examine once again the, um, the claims of your word concerning the Ten Commandments. That they are indeed holy, just, and good. That no life could be better than the one lived in obedience to those things. But, Father, we, we desperately need the power of your spirit to accomplish that. We ask that you will grant that. Grant us more grace. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks and good night. You got two choices up here, guys. You got more of these books, and then you got a march to discovery. Help yourself.